Thanksgiving tradition. <laughs> Had some good shit. <laughs> Welcome to Brain Pop Podcast. Yeah. My name is Keith. I am uh, joined here by my tag team partner, Bobby G. Tag. Tag. Hey, everybody. Okay. That's all I got. That's all you got, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, it's pretty intimidating. Really well. <laughs> you, you, um, yeah, you tapped out quickly like the warrior right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyways. Uh, anyways, how are you doing, man? Doing good. How about you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Just had a, you know, it's been a good, good week so far. It was a great weekend. Um, we had our show. Um, we had our show this Friday. For um, our friends' party that was prior to a festival that they were doing Saturday. And, uh, you know, and I guess start this off, love to give them a huge thank you for having us. Um, thank you so much for letting us come to your private party and play. And uh, Saturday was an amazing day. So good seeing people that I haven't seen in a long time. And, and you know, it's been 10 years since the club, the Plug Uglies Club has started. And um, it was amazing that it's been 10 years and because I remember being there from the beginning. We both do. Um, but thank you again all for letting us celebrate the 10-year anniversary, um, doing it in style, man. It was fun. Lots of fun. Good people. Yeah, I had a nice time. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you said it. Yeah. You said it. So, so, uh the month is November. It's it's Turkey Month. Uh, people are already starting to put up Christmas stuff. They're just getting straight over Thanksgiving. How rude! Yeah, I mean, you know Halloween would, ain't even cold in the ground yet. Yeah, you know who'd be pissed off about that? Uh, Gobbledygooker. The Gobbledygooker. Don't don't play him. He's don't, kind of yeah yeah he he will he will destroy you. <laughs> Just like in he, a dance competition. Hey, oh. I mean, he did it a mean gene. He just straight up destroyed him. Uh, so, 
Which leads us, I guess, to segue into this week's episode. Since it is the season for the turkey, we decided to go back to probably one of the most memorable, uh, in many levels, memorable Survivor Series ever with, you know, which is the Survivor Series, WWFE. Or E F. However, <laughs> back then it was WWF Survivor Series for 1990. Yep, this is a wrestling episode, kids. Go ahead and put it on mute. And just let us get that play. All right, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Or watch it. It's on Peacock. Because you know, even as an old wrestling fan, I watched this the other night, and I said, you know, and I'm into the newer stuff, but you could definitely see there's a lot of wrestling that moves slow back then. It was very much paced. It was that time though. Yeah, but but I and you you I don't watch WWE anymore. I just I don't I've, either. I've given I haven't I've given up on it. Um but but yeah, but this one was fun to watch. This was back in back in the day, back mm-hmm. in the Dizzy. Um I don't even think when this came on, I don't even think I had even started watching wrestling yet. Um mm-hmm. or it may have been right after I started. Um because I my first memories of wrestling of professional wrestling was staying in the black scorpion, which I had to Wikipedia, I had to Google that. And that happened, that match happened in January, I think, or December of 91, I believe. Um, so yeah, so I, I think I watched, I think I rented this pay-per-view from the blockbuster, mm-hmm. but yeah, at the time it was like, it was all, when it was happening live, I knew nothing about it. So right. it was fun. Was well let me tell you this though. Was was Raw a thing by 1990? No. When did Raw start? Um, I don't remember. I think ninety Shortly after. I think it was like ninety three or ninety four, maybe. Okay. Um I know that they had a Monday night show on US. Main event. It wasn't main event, I don't think. I, I think it was just well, Saturday- prime time. I think it's what it was. It was it was prime time. Okay, so main because main event night. was on NBC. So if mm-hmm. you're wondering why WWE does have a contract with Peacock on NBC, they did business together a long time ago before USA. If you know the business of it, because they were doing main event on Saturday nights uh, with main event, mm-hmm. which. Honestly, the only reason I know that is because I watched the pay-per-view and they kept advertising like tomorrow night on main event, you know, but Raw wasn't a thing. No. So when Raw became a thing, that's when it really got global. That was, that's, I think, when it really got global and yes became and no. bigger. It, it just kind of, because even those first years of Raw were like not good. I mean, they were just in a, in the same building in New York every week, Um it was the same style matches. It was just every two or three weeks would be live. Um, it really didn't start catching on until, you know, the NWO situation mm-hmm. and WCW and then the Stone Cold and Vince McMahon situation and WC and WWE. And mm-hmm. it was so, you know, it was still, it was still not super. Uh, super important to right. the world. <laughs> yeah. Because it probably still isn't. Because the pay per views were still there, though, regardless. Now, we already had WrestleMania. This was this was back when they did, um, when the pay per views were just, they just had the big four. And it was just Royal Rumble. It was just WrestleMania. It was just uh, Survivor Series. And it was just SummerSlam. 
That's it. So, and the only reason they even started doing Survivor Series was because uh, the cable company said we're trying to put on Starcade. Mm -hmm. um, around the same time, so Vince McMahon was like, "Well, I'll do. I'll show them up, and I'll create my another pay per view. Call it Survivor Series. Um, and we'll do it every year around Thanksgiving." <laughs> Which <clears throat> was it around or was it on? This one but was on Thanksgiving. This one was on Thanksgiving. Was, that's what I thought. Because he was. That's why I was in Hartford too. Mm -hmm. Because that was apparently like Vince McMahon's favorite holiday, and he didn't really want to do a pay per view on Thanksgiving oh. on his favorite holiday um but he also didn't want um pay-per-view channels co cable companies showing starcade mm. you know in his place so he's a he's a crude businessman <laughs> he sure is <laughs> as any wrestling fans would know from this past week i think i think it is i my theory on that is that he's getting rid of so many people because he knows AEW will scoop a lot of them up. I think, I think he's trying to just bankrupt AEW. Yeah, but I think bankrupt. I think they're about to start pull and re emergency break. At least I would hope he would. I would hope so too. Yeah, um, I think I think the talent pool is getting so deep that I, some people aren't even getting. But the difference is between them, and if they sign with AEW, I think automatically during. Even during their AEW contracts, they're free to go work with anybody else that they want to. A lot of times, yeah. Yeah, so, so that's that's the huge difference. So even if they do decide to sign with AEW, they could still like, you know, well, hey, boss, you know, maybe I can go over to New Japan and do some stuff later on after I work a certain yeah, amount I think, of time. I think people have the, the different contract stipulations. But, but yeah, like, does, um, does AEW really need a Bray Wyatt? I don't think so. No, and I don't think he's going to. Um, you know, uh, out of the last group, I, of course, I want to see Keith Lee go just because I think he's great. I, um, Kyler Riley's the big one right now because Kyler Riley's still well. Where he's still unknown. He's still signed, right? He's still with him. I, think I don't think he got cut this week. Yeah, but we'll we'll see how it goes. I it feels like they were. Um, Leaning towards an undisputed era reunion on AEW, but yeah. but but that's not what we're here to talk no, about. No, absolutely that, not. We're talking about the old school stuff. We're going to talk about the stuff that if you're a wrestling fan as a child, you probably had every single one of these wrestlers' toys, at least the majority of them. And with the Survivor Series, you know, some of them I completely forgot about. A majority of them, though, were already big name guys. And there's some people that were in this one that were not big names, but were soon to be big names in the next few years. Um, and some who fell off the face of the earth. Well, speaking of toys. Um, yeah. Speaking of toys, and this is, so this one has the Sergeant Slaughter Oh, man, I wish we, I wish you'd wait on this toy thing. So, <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter, did you hear? Do you, you know that whole story, right? No, so Sergeant may, Slaughter may not. Sergeant Slaughter got um, contract with GI Joe mm -hmm. and got his own action figures through GI Joe, which made Vince McMahon mad. Again, crude businessman. Um, they ended up having a falling out. Sergeant Slaughter leaves or gets fired uh, a couple years later. Personal writes Vince McMahon a, a, a letter and is like, Hey, I really liked WrestleMania six. If you ever need me in the future, I would like to work with you again. So Vince McMahon brings him back. 
Mr. Face of G.I. Joe, real American hero, Vince McMahon brings him back as a face of Saudi Arabia, of Iraq. Iraq. And, and, um, and it makes him the worst, the biggest bad guy in the business mm-hmm. just to kind of mess with him for leaving to be G.I. Joe. I I would never want to do business with Vince McMahon. And it shocks me to this modern day with the amount of people who get cut. And there's so many other places to go and, that people want to sign and, with Vince McMahon. I guess, uh, I guess G.I. Joe just wasn't paying the bills. I mean, the, yeah. the man went for it. He yeah. he did it and did a, a decent job. His promo, now, which we'll get to in a little bit. But, man, Ooh, it was rough. That <laughs> but, was rough, man. But um, Yeah, and... and you know, and, and and watch that was actually a good match considering right before it. You know, um, it was because it because it kind of went a certain way where they 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 I didn't expect the ending of that match, and I yeah. didn't think about it when it happened, and I was like. So we'll get to it when we yeah. get to it. Um, yeah. First, we're going to start off. This is Survivor Series 1990. Our was hosted by Gorilla Monsoon and Rowdy Roddy Piper. Great, great commentary, I thought. Roddy Piper's just absolutely <laughs> everywhere in, in this whole show. Roddy Piper. But always... he is so entertaining. Did you know that Roddy Piper had a, his own G.I. Joe action figure, too? Really? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I bet you'd be ready to find one of those. Yeah, it, it's one of those. It's, it's kind of hard. Like I didn't know that until recently. Uh-huh. I had the Sergeant Slaughter. I knew there was like a William Refrigerator Perry. Because mm-hmm. you had to like, you had to mail off for these. I oh, didn't okay. have him. I just had Sergeant Slaughter. Um, but yeah, apparently there was a Roddy Piper, and there was a uh, Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> yeah. <Nice>. yeah. <laughs> anyways, anyways. So at the beginning of this, Vince just spills through the lineup, the mm-hmm. teams, because in this day, Survivor Series was strictly only one thing. There were teams of four. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the teams of four matches, whoever the survivors was on each team had to fight each other in the final match. In this one. I don't think they ever did that again. I think this that was, was the first only, and only okay. time. Uh, okay. Because it was, you could tell it. Because I couldn't, I wondered when it was happening, like, oh man, Ultimate Warriors in the first match and Hulk mm-hmm. Hogan's in the third match. Like, uh, that's weird. Um, but, but it was because they were going to come back and do the uh, main event too. But by that point, it was like, you just, you'd seen it. You had, mm-hmm. you had seen the, you'd seen Ultimate Warrior stuff. You'd seen Hulk Hogan stuff. You'd seen um, Tito Santana. And know. this is a rare time where you made your guys double work. Because a lot of times on pay-per-views, you don't see a lot of people who do the double matches. No, they would do it like house shows and stuff, but on mm-hmm. pay-per-views, it wasn't a thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so... So, yeah, so we... So, but there was no championship matches. There was no tag nope. team championship match, no intercontinental, no heavyweight. Uh, it was just... The Survivor Series. And I think that was what made Survivor Series so unique in the first place. I kind of wish they would go back to it mm-hmm. and just do the teams again. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. It was and maybe like the heavyweight championship match instead, was, of, instead of doing like the winners versus lo- uh, winners of both teams. It, it was, it, it seemed like a lot more fun. It also seemed a lot more botchy to me. Like mm-hmm. nobody, they didn't really plan anything out. It was just like, 
yeah, we're doing this. And then like, you kind of see them talking to each other a little more. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. And you would see like different things like miscues and stuff like that. But, but still it was fun. It Mm -hmm. it was just fun. I mean, the same thing with Royal Rumble. We always expect where Royal Rumble is, but then you see some of these guys like taking a breather in the corner for like 10 minutes and not doing anything. Yep. Well, they got, you know, so, I mean, if you learn the math of it all, it's, it's pretty easy to kind of notice things and understand what's about to happen. Yeah. But anyway, so, um, um, this was originally in Thanksgiving. We did mention that, um, so it kind of goes right into it. There's a quick promo, I think, um, with the Warriors take. Okay, this was subtitles, man. Okay, this was yeah, fantastic. no, I'm glad you, I'm glad you recommended that because I did turn the the subtitles on and it it did help tremendously. But it it felt like as the thing went on, like they nailed, they got, they somehow got Ultimate Warriors promo. <laughs> they did. I, I don't know how they did it, but it seemed like they got. They were so burned out after that. The rest of it was all over the place. <laughs> I know. There was so many missteps. And so like, especially when Piper talked, mm-hmm. it, it would get, it would get like gargled up. And so subtitles uh, will say, well, is this what he's saying? The, the, no. old, the, the one time that when Piper was talking, that was happy. I was really happy that I had the subtitles is when he actually cussed. And I, oh, I can't remember what he said, but he was like, he, and it wasn't even something. Bad. I think he was just gonna say asshole or something like that, and he goes, he goes, oh look at this asshole, uh, terrible guy. <laughs> <laughs> Working on a wing there, you know, it's like just going with the flow. But this promo was really good. Like I love how in the promo each one kind of stepped it over to the next fighter, and then the next fighter, and then the next fighter, so smoothly. And they had that whole thing where they looked into the camera. Because I feel like a lot of times nowadays, even in both wrestling organizations, they only talk to each other like we're not there. Mm-hmm. and Or they talk to the commentator more. Yeah. They try to, let me tell you something mean, Gene, to everybody yeah. nowadays. Instead of like talking <laughs> hey, to the camera or talking to the guy. Speaking and stuff of which, like. did you think Hulk Hogan went on his promo, do you think he knew that guy's name? Because he's just kind of saying, let me tell you something, little dude. <laughs> no, I don't think he did. Like, he's a grown man. <laughs> let me tell you something, little dude. <laughs> so they, they cut a promo, and then why, after they cut a promo, so the other team came out, which the other team was the million-dollar team. So the first match – oh, no, that's not it. Sorry. Not the first match – I was looking at the wrong place. Sorry. Um, so the first – team to come out is the perfect team who is fighting the warriors the perfect team is made up of mm-hmm. mr perfect yes snm alition mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> yeah, that's right because it was only those three and, right yeah, because there was three of them so it was just so it was axe smash and crush um and they i mean they were it is a different time and i guess really you can bring it back to you even to recently in recent times with Karrion Cross and his his garbage gimmick that he had briefly with the gimp mask, but yeah. uh, demolition were straight like <laughs> they were straight gay bar like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like not, our blue like, oyster dungeon. yeah you know it was because uh, they they were wearing they had the spiky leather straps and the gimp mask and it mm. was it, it was. 
pretty interesting. Yeah. Versus the Warriors. The ultimate warrior. This team, sadly, everybody has passed from this team. Texas Tornado. Yeah, Yeah. Von Eric, Texas Tornado, Legion of Doom, and the Ultimate Warrior. It was a good team, man. Especially because I think this was around the time they were really trying to skyrocket Von Eric. Well, and there was also a rumor going around uh, around this time. Sort, I believe that um, the Ultimate Warrior was no longer there. Wasn't the original Ultimate Warrior that Kerry Von Eric? Texas Tornado was now playing the role of the Ultimate Warrior. So they had squashing that, you know, mm-hmm. have a Texas Tornado and Ultimate Warrior in the same room at the same time. What? Yeah. <laughs> this ain't what I heard. Yeah. And then, of course, Legion of Doom. And this match was a really good match. Um, but you know who really, like, made – I'll give it to three people. Three people who really made this match to me. Legion of Doom, Hawk and Animal. And Mr. Perfect. Dude, Mr. Perfect is just absolutely one of the best consistent wrestlers of all time in the ring. He knows how to sell. He knows how to protect. He was was just really good at it. This goes back to that, to one of the first botches I saw where I guess he, they were trying to do a reverse Irish whip and um, Mr. Perfect lost his grip Mm -hmm. and just like went, twirling around but then he played it off and and they they pulled it together mm-hmm. but yeah and one of his more famous ones is where he pretty much saved chris jericho's life because he was about to break his damn neck yeah when trying to do a line salt off the middle rope chris jericho didn't turn his body enough so he was about to fall on his head perfect threw his knees up and angled his body to where it would catch his back yeah and he came down on his back. And if he wouldn't have done that, he probably Chris Jericho's career probably would have been ended a lot shorter than how long he's been. Mm-hmm. Mr. Perfect, definitely one of the greatest wrestlers to me of all time. And and um and it was a good match. And so first um Axe is eliminated from the perfect team. Then Crush ends up getting eliminated on the perfect team. So at this point, it's two against four. And, um, oh, no, Crash and, oh, that's, no, that's not what happened. Smash, <laughs> Crash, and LOD all get eliminated through countout mm-hmm. or disqualification. Mm-hmm. One of those two. So they all went out at two, and then it left the match against Von Eric and Mr. Perfect. Our ultimate warrior Von Eric versus Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect's the only one that's left for the for the perfect team. And then Von Eric gets eliminated. And obviously it comes down to your bigger stars, right? It's Ultimate Warrior versus Mr. Perfect to see who's going to win the match. Ultimately, uh, no pun intended, Warrior wins. Um <laughs> and by beating by uh beating Mr. Perfect. Ultimate Warrior was the world champion at the time, right? Yes. Nope. Yes, yes, he was. Sorry. It wasn't Hogan. I know that. Mm. Well, who yeah. was I see? Because he fights too later on that night. Um, What? Was it not Mr. Perfect? No, it wasn't Mr. Perfect. They do mention that he was one time. I believe... I'm looking through all who fought. It might have been Br- 
Bret Hart. No, because he was still he wasn't singles yet. He was still oh yeah, that's right. Uh, man, who was it? Anyways, we'll uh, get we'll figure it out because I know I know I made a note or um, totally saw that belt on somebody that night. Um, yeah, Mr. Perfect. Uh, so <laughs> no, it wasn't Mr. Perfect. I'm telling you. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. Well, yeah. Got anything else on that one? Nah. I mean, good match. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't too terrible. You know. Um, a lot of fun to watch. Um. The next match is probably one of the biggest things to happen in wrestling. That's why this Survivor Series probably is has so many first-time things that happen. But this one will go down in history as probably one of the biggest moments ever in wrestling. And it is the second match is the Million Dollar Team versus the Dream Team. So in this one, the Million Dollar Team cuts a promo. And the first team to come out is the Dream Team, who consists of Dusty Rhodes, which I really enjoyed, Coco Beware, yeah, I assume and the that, Heart Foundation. I assume that that long intro you you had on this is all about Coco Beware, right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, yeah, because that was a big that was a big deal. Coco That's Beware, man. Coco, Coco Beware. Beware. <laughs> who who surprisingly is still alive? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He um. He was the so, and then the million dollar team comes out next, and it is Ted DiBiase, million dollar man, uh, rhythm and blues, which consisted of I hardly remember this as a tag team. I forgot, I didn't know Gre- uh, Greg Valentine was, um, I'd never seen him with dyed black hair, no, and, and yeah, I had no idea. So it's a uh, it is the Honky Tonk Man and Greg Valentine. And I remember watching this match. I remember seeing this match mm-hmm. before because of what you're about to say. And yep. yeah, I just still don't remember that. So, and then he still had his mystery partner. So once Ted DiBiase gets in the ring, he does his introduction for the mystery partner. And it is probably the most premiered, famous wrestler on, you know, probably of all time in the world. And it is the premiere of the undertaker managed by brother love. So this is before Paul bearer was even a part of this whole thing. Yeah. Before that, now that was his first, uh, on screen appearance before that he'd been doing house shows, but he was called Kane, the undertaker Kane. Mm-hmm. Wow. Kane, the undertaker. Yeah. Nice. I didn't know yeah. that. Uh, my favorite part of this, first of all, Undertaker is super terrifying, especially. Dude, back then, this, he had a look about him that was just really good. But my um, my favorite, my, Roddy Piper and all of his Thanksgiving puns. <laughs> <laughs> and the only one, I know he made a bunch, but the only one I, I wrote down was, look at the size of that ham hock. Yeah, right. It's like, why? <laughs> so this is the most memorable moment ever in history. And the thing Piper says is, look at the size of that ham hock. <laughs> Could have been something else, man. Yep. Love you, Piper. Love you, Piper. Um What a way to premiere a wrestler, too. I mean, he so Undertaker starts this match off and he just starts to dominate. I mean, nobody can get him down. He pins. He pins Coco. Yeah. Kind of instantly. <laughs> instantly, yeah. Coco goes out instantly. He pins Coco Beware. And then 
there's a lot of scrapping going on here. And then they finally tags out. And then the second person to get eliminated, I believe it was Honky Tonk Man, because it wasn't Greg Valentine. Uh, it was Honky Tonk Man, then Jim the Anvil Nyhart of the Heart Foundation, then Dusty. Then it came down to uh, Ted DiBiase and uh, Undertaker on his team and uh, Brett the Hitman Hart for the Hart Foundation. Oh, and, and Greg. So, next after Dusty, Undertaker gets eliminated. But this was really smart because they got him eliminated by not pinning him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he got eliminated. He, 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 no, he was fighting somebody down the ring. Yeah, he was fighting somebody. I don't I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember who it was. Said, now. Was it, it wasn't, maybe it was Jim Neidhart? Or was it Dusty? Maybe it was Dusty. I don't know. I don't know. They was fighting somebody. I remember that part, and then, um, yeah, and and then because they kept saying, oh, "I guess Undertaker doesn't know the rules." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean, okay, I could say I could say one thing at least back then. The referees were really consistent. <laughs> hey, did you notice the floor referee was Shane McMahon? No. Yeah, I did not recognize that. Yeah, I think it was. It was. I think it was this match where I noticed it first. Is it this one or the next one? But. Yeah, the guy on the floor was Shane McMahon. A like very, very young oh, Shane McMahon. Had to been, dude. Mm-hmm. Like he had only been in his early 20s. Yeah. So then Undertaker gets eliminated, and then Greg the Hammer Valentine gets eliminated next, which left at this point Ted DiBiase versus Bret the Hitman Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another wrestler that I feel like is really appreciated, but then you watch his ring work. He was really good, and that that is Ted DiBiase. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Brett was great. Yeah. But Ted DiBiase really had that football-like, because he was a football player in college a big time. He would probably would have went pro if he didn't go wrestling. Um, but he just had that – he was a big dude, mm-hmm. you know, and um, – but still, in comparison, when Undertaker came out, he dwarfed everybody, which is amazing to think about nowadays. Uh, yeah, with that being said, with The Undertaker being his, his debut, you forget a lot about other stuff. But, man, Bret Hart was on it. Because he was still mostly just doing tag team. Mm-hmm. This was his first like moment showing, shining as a singles person. And it happens with somebody else later, Yeah, too. Um, so then Brett went, or no, Brett mm-hmm. loses. Uh, Brett loses because when he lost, he sat up and he went, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing ever went Brett way, Brett's way in no. WWE. That was not a part of the plan. It wasn't a part of the script. <laughs> I was supposed to win. Um, so Ted DiBiase wins. And, um, you know, again, the only thing I can say is what a, what a great way to premiere The Undertaker. I thought it was smart. And then the way that they had him dominate, nobody really got him down. He was unstoppable. The only reason why he got stopped is through the countout. Mm-hmm. So very smart in keeping Undertaker looking strong. Which it was the next Survivor Series, the Survivor Series of the next year that he beat, I believe, right Hulk Hogan for the world title, mm-hmm. which he lost at Tuesday Night <laughs> Takeover, whatever it was back then. But, <laughs> yep. That's exactly but right. But I, I was terrified. He was a scary guy. He was a scary guy. And it's so funny when you're watching the crowd, too, because the crowd on television really didn't know what was going about to come out. Mm-hmm. And then you hear everybody, like, booing at first. But then it got quieter. 
when he walked out. And they were like, you see people like, who is this guy? I like him. Because automatic, they're like, man, watch him be some sort of junk wrestler or something like that. And and then Undertaker well, comes there, out. There was a lot of rumors uh, for this show that um, – because you also had, again, we'll get to it, but they got with a gook, gooker. Um, there was a lot of rumors that uh, Ric Flair was going to be there. Mm. Um, so people were kind of expecting that a little bit, I think. And, and this is a different time when it, it was a lot harder to find the news. But it was find dirt out these, stuff. Yeah, but yeah. it was still, yeah. There was still, um, because I think, I think around that same time, I mean, that would have been, I believe, I don't know that Ric Flair had was not really showing up much in WCW. Cause I think he was doing the black Scorpion thing. And mm-hmm. then people didn't know the black Scorpion was Ric Flair at the time. I think something like that. But I, I know, I know one of the rumors was it was supposed to, Ric Flair was supposed to be showing up that night. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. And Hey, I mean, it worked out. Look, look at the undertaker now, you know, and that that's such a legacy he's left. Um, anything else you think? Mm. Cool, man. So then we go to the third match, which this one was good yet disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really know how to put it. Like, I don't know why. I guess it was why, because they had to do the whole ending thing Mm -hmm. for the winners versus losers or whoever was last left standing Mm -hmm. on each team. So the next one was the Vipers versus the Visionaries. Uh, you know, I feel like the Vipers should have called themselves Murderers Row. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you've got two alleged killers <laughs> on that team. Who's the second one? I know one. Jimmy Snuka and Marty Jannetty. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. You did that. That did just come out yeah, recently. Yeah, I was saying that he killed a guy and, <laughs> and there's an investigation. I don't know whatever came of that, but. Oh. So we have the Vipers, which is Jake the Snake Roberts as the captain, uh, Superfly Jimmy Snuka, and the Rockers that included Marty George's very own <laughs> Marty Janetti and Shawn Michaels. Um, so this was another one of those going back to what we just talked about last match with Bret Hart. Uh, Sean really showcased his talent as a singles wrestler in this one and his, and, and his ability to do some moves mm-hmm. because back then there wasn't a lot of the high flying stuff that you see nowadays. No high flying wrestling is a big thing nowadays. But back then when you saw somebody do like a hurricane rata on somebody, it's like, what was that? That was impressive. Well, it's like, Flying Brian Pillman, the only mm. flying move he did was a cross body press. <laughs> like <off the> top <laughs> right. That was it. That was all he did. All right. So, and it was, so they're the Vipers versus uh, the Visionaries, which is the model Rick Martell. Uh, Power and Glory, which I remember the guys individually, but I don't remember them as a tag team, mm-hmm. which was Hercules and uh, Paul Roma. Paul Roma. That's Who, right. Paul and Roma then, became a horseman later on. Yeah. Yeah. And then the warlord, the warlord who did you know he was he became a uh, he's still alive again, yeah. surprisingly, but you know, he became the bodyguard for 50 Cent, really? <laughs> yep, yep, <laughs> this, post, post getting shot in the face a bunch of times. Uh, yeah. 50 Cent. <laughs> 
Well, it you know, it does surprise me with the warlord. Like, I felt like this would have been a guy that Vince would have invested a lot into. I never understood. Because he was huge. I, it, but he didn't really so much. I mean, he was always just a jobber. Mm-hmm. I think he was just the wrong place at the wrong time because he just – he dressed, looked just like Goldberg, you know? And kind of looked like a Stone Cold later on, too. Well, Except Stone, for not as big. Goldberg looked like Stone Cold, so yeah. just – Anybody with a shaved head like that looks like a Stone Cold kind of, I guess. <laughs> or but, Goldberg. But, yeah, he had – He had He had to look. Yeah. He definitely had to look. Yeah, uh, was, with exception of his character that they gave him, the whole warlord with a sod metal thing and walking down with a metal staff and goofy shit. He was a warlord, man. He was a warlord, yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and run through this one real quick. The elimination order is one, two, three, four. So one as in one of the rockers, Marty Jannetty. Two was Jimmy Fly, uh, Snooka. Three was Sean. And then the last one was Jake the Snake Roberts. Leaving the heels... To remain completely intact, and that was the first time that had happened within the three years, I think, by this point, that uh, they had a Survivor Series. Okay, two things that I yeah, we can still talk about other things. I was just well, going through the count real quick. No, no, no. yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's that's fine. I don't really have a whole lot on it, but yeah. two things I did have on it. Jake, he, I guess, it, I somehow got his eye messed up. I guess got sprayed it was by Rick Martel the story, or like that. Story that's mode, right. yeah. Uh, Looked way better in 1990 than Ray Mysterio's. I getting removed like three years ago or whatever. Yeah. Um, so there was that one. And then uh, the closed captioning at one point said, <laughs> said, quote, a grabby warlord, which I thought <laughs> I was funny that. instead of a groggy that. warlord. <laughs> Gro- groggy warlord turned into grabby yeah, warlord. Grabby. <laughs> Grabby warlord. I just, I'm just so thinking about warlord wandering yeah. around. Go get you. Go get you. Get you there, Jake. I'm a grabby, I'm a grabby warlord. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I did notice here that they called. It's so funny. They called Hercules at one point his character, the Phenom. In this, I don't know whether that trickled down, but it kind of it took me aback because I was like, huh? They said calling. He because I think it was Piper said he is the phenom. Yeah, I and know. I was like, eh, you know, is a coincidence that this is the first time using Undertaker? Who knows? But it yeah. did stick out to me. Uh, and then of course, what I mentioned too, the clean sweep. This was the first time it ever happened to any team, mm-hmm. and it's five percent. Which this is only the third year because I think it started in '88. So this was only the third year of a Survivor Series to to make this a clean sweep, but. And it couldn't happen to the weirdest team to me. I know. <laughs> you know. I know. That, that yeah. is. Yeah. Is that right? Yep, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's the chimney cap. Um, sorry, just started raining here. Um, I was scared. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's about all I had on this match. Um Yeah, that it was it was kind of the worst. Uh, Group. I mean, granted, Rick Martel was was good. Paul Roman was good. Um, I didn't really. I never really paid attention to uh, Glory or whatever Hercules. Yeah. But he was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and Jake then, the Snake and, was Jake the Snake. Then, Snooker was looking like he was about towards the end of his career by this point. He always. I mean, he was living with a lot of guilt because <laughs> he murdered somebody. He murdered somebody. <laughs> Uh, so sad. Not funny, but 
Oh shit! And then and then and then hey, you might as well add three killers to this because Shawn Michael killed Marty Chinetti's career. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Shawn Michaels killed somebody too. Marty Chinetti's career. Hey, did you ever did you ever watch um, any of Marty Chinetti's cameos? No. His pre- previous videos or whatever. <laughs> it's like it's still the funniest thing because. I don't know if he realizes that they show these when somebody gets a cameo, you record a cameo, they'll show them for other people to see. I don't think he realized that because he was just telling the same story all over and over again. <laughs> and it was the same, like, and he had the same delivery, same setup, everything that always like ended in, um, I forget who, but one of maybe one of these guys, maybe barbarian or warlord or somebody, um, shit in their pants. <laughs> Like or something, like there's shit all over the wall. And like you told me, you did yeah. tell me this, yeah. And I can't remember the wrestler now either. But it yeah, was somebody, it was one of these, one, one of these guys, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, was it hacksaw Jim Duck? No, nah, man, <laughs> leave him, leave him alone. He's he's going through some things. Is he? Uh, he's yeah, he's he's close to making my non-survivor list right now. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, off the pressing stuff and, and into other things. Yeah. Which maybe, this one actually has a crazy story to it. Maybe one of the wrestlers. My favorite. The, I hate Hulk Hogan. I've yeah. always hated Hulk Hogan. I've always hated him so, so much. And also, he's a racist. Um, <laughs> and so I just hate, hate him even more because of that. But we go to the Hulk Hogan team promo. And I just want to say real quick. You can talk about the promo, whatever, but I just want to say real quick, <laughs> closed captioning on Hogan's promo. He had the four demeanors training a pair of vitamins. <laughs> four demeanors. Yeah. What was it? What was his uh, thing? His, his like Hulk Hogan commandments or something like that? Mm-hmm. What he was actually, Take your vitamins. Yeah. Take your vitamins. Uh, train. Say your prayers. Take your vitamins. Mm-hmm. This was his closed caption said four demeanors training a pair of vitamins. <laughs> a pair of vitamins. <laughs> and also and then Hulk Hogan volunteers everybody to join the, the military yeah <laughs> he's just gonna go with leg drop Saddam Hussein so so this was this was another one of these things so this was around uh, the desert storm mm-hmm. the Gulf War and it was very much that USA USA mentality with a lot of people um Piper mentions it at one point about kicking Saddam Hussein's ass. Hulk Hogan did it as well. Um, but this promo, again, was a, still a really good promo as far as everybody's delivery because it was so fun to watch Like how Hogan started it, then he fed it over to Big Boss Man, I think, then he fed it to Tugboat, and then Jim Duggan at the end. And they just went around the circle behind whoever the, uh, the interviewer was. Sean Mooney. Sean Moody. Yeah. That's it. Sean Mooney. Little dude. <laughs> Little dude. Hulk didn't know that. <laughs> um, so, of course, his team is called the Hulkamaniacs, obviously. Um, I didn't get the team, name of the team for Earthquakes team. Did uh, you get I it? I didn't write it down, no. No, I don't know. Okay. I forgot to write it down, too. Um, but this team consisted of Earthquake. Dino Bravo, Haku, and Barbarian. Um, another great promo. I thought everybody did great on the promo here leading into the match. Um, one intro that I noticed was, which, um, so 
Hulk Maniacs came out last. So Earthquakes team came out first. Now Hulk Maniacs team came out last. Jim Duggan comes out, and Jim Duggan's like the USA bold and true. He had he had um, a, a two by four full of yellow ribbons. Yellow ribbons around. One kid in the front row. <laughs> just booing the hell out. He had the thumbs down looking, shaking his head and watching. I'm like, whoa, bro. You're ahead of the curve, ain't yeah. you? <laughs> saw Jimmy Dugan getting booed? Yeah. No, man. By know. one kid. By one kid. Kid up front. I was like, man, little bro. I was like, what's up? What's your hate for? <laughs> um. So then this match happened. This was... Also, Big Boss Man may have had the greatest entrance music of all time. He I never did. Really paid attention to it until, until I was watching this, but "Serving Hard Time" it's a great song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, Big Boss Man at this point was over, over. Mm-hmm. Like the crowd, you could tell it from the crowd too. They, everybody was just into um, Big Boss Man, and um, he did a great match. I mean, the dude was agile for a big guy. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Bam Bam. Bam Bam was agile for a big guy. Uh, so this match kind of starts off. This was one that I can honestly say I kind of blanked out during um, during the match, except for except for the one scene <laughs> that for some reason I had to catch and see, and then pointed out to you in a text message. What thing you did say? You know, Tugboat, aka Typhoon, aka Shockmaster. Yeah, Tugboat was actually kind of impressive in, in this. In this scenario, in a scene, and it just all went downhill from here, though. But yeah, because he was completely over too. In fact, they waited to, for him to get a hot tag during this match, mm-hmm. which meant so they built up the match to where people are already being eliminated. I don't think he had been tagged in yet, but when he tagged in, it sounded like everybody just did boo. But I know they're doing the yeah, yeah. That just woke my dog up. <laughs> um. But so first person eliminated is Haku. Haku, I think, has been considered one of the most dangerous men in the back. <laughs> well, he, he was, he's also considered one of the nicest guys, too. Yeah. Uh, if you if you step up to him, um, because there's all kinds of stories about him of like, um, go, it reminds me of. Dirty work. It reminds me of the Saigon whore that bites Chris Farley's nose off. <laughs> Apparently, he bit somebody's nose off. Oh shit! Yeah, because yeah. they were they were like they were talking about you know wrestling being fake and, and whatever, and and like oh kick your ass and like I could just bit his bit his nose off. Shit, man. Really, really, really good wrestler. And I think uh, just recently he was on AEW, right? He 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 uh, he was uh, his. Son or his grandson? His, his they're they're part of Bullet Club. Yeah. So they're Tama um Tama Tonga and the other guy are part of Bullet Club in New Japan. And yeah, so he's been coming out with them. Because he went Haku went on to be WCW and he was known as Ming. Yeah, I remember um, that. Um but he never really got the credit he deserved, even though he no. was really good. He's really good. So he he was first to be eliminated. Then um, Jim Duggan gets eliminated next, and it was some weird thing. Like Jim didn't see why it happened or whatever. I remember Hulk came in right after because he was like, "Just get on with it, brother." Um, then Dino Bravo gets pinned. Okay, so man, thank God wet wipes exist nowadays. You know, for using the toiletries. 
so Dino Bravo gets pinned, and and when he gets pinned, I think he gets pinned by Hulk Hogan too. Uh, he's got him. He's got his legs up and everything like that. But the cameraman's right on his ass, <laughs> and you can just see the giant fucking just, brown shit stain yeah, in just his dookie trunks. streaks all over it, all over it, because he was wearing like a light blue trunks or something like that. Mm-hmm. But man. He he had a dirty ass, and Hulk Hogan was straight up like in it. Well, probably his arm was at least probably because he'd been smuggling cigarettes over into the um, over the Canadian border, <laughs> <laughs> right? So yeah, and of course we found this out because I was curious. I, I I know Dino Bravo's name. He died within I think. It was like two, March a year of and a half. Yeah. March of 93, I think. It was when so, so it was like uh, not even a full three years yet after this had happened. But but he didn't die the way most wrestlers die no. of like heart attacks or whatever. He died by getting shot in the face 17 times um, by an impossible, and it's unsolved, but you know, a possible uh, mafia related incident because yeah. he was smuggling. Cigarettes over the Canadian border. I guess the mafia doesn't take too kindly to that. Because <laughs> um, he was at his house. He was watching the hockey game. He was doing all things all Canadians do all the time. <laughs> Just sitting in his house, watching a hockey game, um, you know, making some bacon. <laughs> some eating, a stack of, eating a stack of pancakes with some maple syrup and yeah. some bacon on the side. Yeah. You know, okay. just living his best life. And, uh, yeah, somebody came in or several people came in and, and shot him in the face 17 times. Yep. It was only like about a year and a half or two years after I this. I bet. Happened. I want to bet that shit stain was way worse. Oh, yeah. Well, way worse. Uh, way worse. His, it was full. Um, so Dino gets, Dino gets eliminated. And then uh, Big Boss Man gets eliminated. I forgot by who. Um, oh, no. Um, well, who's left? All, all that's left really is Earthquake, right? Earthquake and Barbarian. Yeah. So, um, Tugboat and Earthquake get eliminated, again, by this qualification type situation. So, they went out at the same time, the same as the first match with Legion of Doom and... Um, Action, yeah, uh, action smash or smash and crush. It was smash and crush that got eliminated with LOD. Um, but anyways, yeah. So, so that was a double count out or a double disqualification uh, again, and then it left uh, bar and weird thing too. So by this time, it leaves Barbarian against Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. So. The team captain against probably not taking shots at Barbarian because he was a good wrestler, but at this point in time, Barbarian is what a mid carder maybe. Yeah, because you would think, and granted, we nobody knew this at the time, but you would Earthquake and Hulk Hogan were going to feud. They were going to, yeah. So you would think that would be the last last two, because I was really kind of thinking because I know at some point Tugboat turns on Hulk Hogan and becomes Typhoon. They become the Natural Disasters. Yeah, I was thinking that was probably when it was going to happen, but it didn't. Everybody just left, and I, I guess maybe on the way back, Earthquake and Tugboat talked about it. <laughs> I was just like, "Hey, man, we'll start a team. We're both pretty large dudes. We're pretty, we're pretty big guys." Yeah, and um, so let me see out of these. So, 
Hulk's, Hulk and Jim are still alive. Haku's still alive. I don't know about Barbarian. Um, yeah, me. Um, no earthquakes passed. Real life survivors: Hulk Hogan, Haku, uh, Barbarian, Jim Duggan, Tugboat. Tugboat's still alive. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, okay. yeah, yeah. I knew earthquake had passed, and mm-hmm. of course, I knew Dino Bravo because that name always pops up. Like when you hear it, you're always like. Isn't there something crazy that happened with him? And then you go to like to to the internet to discover it's like, oh shit. Oh, that's (laughs) right. Definitely happened to him. Oh, it's him. Yeah. In fact, I think it's an episode of Dark Side of the Ring this season. Yeah. Um, Next, we get a great promo, a little weird promo with the Macho King. Which he was there the whole time, and and this is all he did. This is is all he did. did. And as far as Macho Man, Macho King Randy Savage promos goes. This was okay. It was okay. He was dressed like a candy striper. Yeah. Um, which I thought was weird. But yeah, again, this what this didn't really lead to anything. Sherry um, was his manager at this point. Yeah, but she wasn't there. Mm-mm. She wasn't there with him either. No, it's just him and me and Gene. And he, he didn't bring any coffee creamer with him. Nope. Um, he didn't bring any Slim Jims. He just showed up and, and talked about some stuff. And his, I think his demeanor was always good. Uh, obviously, he's one of the greatest promos ever. Um, but he still had a thing where he turns his back to the camera and he's looking at the crowd. And mm-hmm. He's just kind of wandering around. He's not really looking at anything, but he just sells it, man. Um, was it one of his greater promos? No. But it is weird, like you said, why don't you have Macho King out there and – and like heading one of these survivor teams. Cause on the hill. yeah. Why our, is Rick Martell doing it instead of macho man? But the, he didn't have a feud. I wait, was macho King, the intercontinental champion? I think no. Uh, uh, got your phone, man. My phone's know, charging. I'm, so I'm just, I'm uh, uh, um, but yeah, it was, it was okay. It was, it was, it was okay, but it really didn't go anywhere. Um, I, I thought thought maybe maybe he would show up at the end. Maybe he'd come back and do something else, set up a feud with Warrior. But no, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of a um, just him talking. Yep. But then that, while Bobby looks this up, yeah, I'm- who was the Intercontinental Champion? Who was it? Macho Man Randy Savage. Or was it Mr. Perfect? You're looking at me like it might just damn be Mr. Perfect. <laughs> it is. Is that, I told you. I told you, man. I thought they had said that he was. And they, uh, so it says Perfect won the Intercontinental Championship on April 23rd, 1990 in a tournament final. He had caused Beefcake to be eliminated from the tournament by interfering in the match. Damn it. Okay, well, Keith's right. I'm wrong. I don't know shit. Which makes sense. I mean, Mr. Perfect was probably one of the greatest center. Con- he's that he's that mid-card wrestler that should have been a heck of a lot more than he was. He's, he's the reason to this day, uh, 21 years later. 31 years later? 31 years later. 31 years later. <laughs> we always skip over the first, like, 10 years after... Um, 2000 because it's yeah, a blur yeah. <laughs> it's a blur 
<laughs> 31 years later, when I spit my gum out, I slap it. <laughs> I yeah. see how far I can hit it, just like Mr. Perfect would do. Mm-hmm. And also at this time, too, Bobby Heenan was his manager, which was fantastic. We haven't even he, talked about Bobby Heenan. So, we haven't even talked about any of the managers. All the managers got probably took some of the worst bumps throughout this <laughs> night. Bobby Heenan got thrown over the rail. Yeah, onto the concrete. Yeah. He sure did. And then, and then he takes another bump later on because he's managing – Oh, who is he managing? He's managing another. Wasn't he part of, what, did he manage Haku and Barbarian? Yes. Yes. So he was back on this one again. I think Hulk Hogan's the one that actually takes the shot at him. Yeah. Um, so. Because between Bobby Heenan and Slick. Yeah, man, they took Slickster. some. Yeah, they yeah. took some beat downs. Um, Brother Love gets beat down too. Um, the manager was so great back then as well, man. Bobby Heenan was t- the head of the table when it comes to that stuff. Um, <clears throat> let's see. So, um, so then it moves on to the fifth match, which, oh God, <laughs> this match right here was just this one made I don't zero even know the team name to me. It, it was like it was the alliance versus, um, to the um, the I don't remember. I don't remember the Sergeant Slaughter's name, but it it was the Alliance versus the Anti-Americans or, or something like that. Something like that. The only thing is, like the only the Alliance was made up of Nikolai Volkov, a Canadian. Yeah. The Bushwhackers from New Zealand, and Tito Santana, who's playing a Mexican, but was actually from Texas. The only American on the Alliance, <laughs> uh, on the American Alliance team. Versus Sergeant Slaughter, Boris Zulkov, who was playing a, a Russian but was actually American. The Orient Express, which was half American. And um, yeah, I guess that was it. And then they were, by this point, Sergeant Slaughter was part of, was his manager was General Adnan. And he, they were um, all Iraqi, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Iraqi uh Sympathizers. sympathizers yeah so yeah uh this uh, one thing i'll say uh, so sergeant slaughter cuts a promo <laughs> <laughs> this is about the only thing to really talk about well there's I was, more to talk sergeant, about this match. sergeant slaughter worked really hard i was actually he he did i thought a good job I, he was he was the star of this whole match yeah. i mean he really was i, I was everybody re- i was really surprised at the outcome of this but it, i guess it had to be this that way because for the end but anyways uh, Sergeant Slaughter cuts a promo oh my where God. everything he says is just like this. And he was talking about it, it was it was completely anti-American. Yep. But it was anti-American in like a weird way of like he was just talking about having Thanksgiving. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, my team, we had we had turkeys with all the trimmings. And turkeys with all the trimmings. We didn't have to smell camel dung. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, and then it like goes into like, but those those silly American uh army people or whatever he said yeah. the, the men and women of the military they're not having as good as we are they're eating turkey in a bag it was awful <laughs> it was, the whole time 
This terrible promo is happening. There's an obnoxious drum roll going that was on, his, and it was yeah, loud. That was his intro music, and yeah, it just went on and on and, and on. I don't on. know why they didn't do the backstage interview like they did with everybody else, and maybe well, they did one it. team did, and then one team didn't. That's what I noticed about it. Okay, and maybe it was just out there in the live crowd to get more heat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was just that drum roll. It's that because this promo went on for about five, five minutes. minutes. And you have this drone. Snare roll. Yeah. The whole five minutes. Yeah. Wow. Sergeant Slaughter. Drew it out. Every single word. So this might have been the worst promo ever or the most genius promo ever. You want to know why? Because it it gained so much heat on him because it was that freaking terrible and annoying. Mm -hmm. I seriously wrote terrible promo. Why? The drum roll. Please stop. <laughs> Horrible. It stopped. And then it starts back up again once they get back in the ring. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, please stop. Please stop it. So the really cool thing I did like about this match was not that. That that got heat from me just because it was so damn annoying. Um, and Slaughter had to drag everything out for five minutes, like a simple promo. And it was... And, and on top of that, he has such the gravity voice, and he's just like this. Over, over the drum roll, it was just like, my ears are bleeding right now. Um, the other thing I like about this match, though, the ending was surprising. The ending was a swerve, in a sense. In a sense, yeah. Yeah. It, but it was one of those, like, it was one of those things that was like, there's no way. First of all, there's two referees. There's a floor referee, and there's mm-hmm. a referee in the in the, in the the ring. Um, again, Shane McMahon was the floor referee. And you had you had a guy in the ring. Um, to break it all down, it comes down to just Sergeant Slaughter and Tito Santana are the last two. Right. So the the we'll we'll go off the first number. So elimination one, two, and three are the three members from Sergeant Slaughter's team. It left Sergeant Slaughter to have to beat four other men. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. He worked. Well, it was he one worked against hard. four at this point. You're he, right. He. I I was impressed by Sergeant Slaughter, but can we just talk about the Bushwhackers real quick? Yeah. What the hell is up with them, man? <laughs> they were licking people's heads. Yeah. They didn't know where those heads had been. They would just come down licking people's heads. Pre-COVID. Yeah, but still, uh, lice was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I, I, I didn't understand that either. They were crazy New Zealanders, though, so. <sighs> that does it. Do you think people in New Zealand, just, everybody in New Zealand just goes around licking heads? I don't know. We did watch that one show of the crazy guys that are kind of like jackass guys that were over there. They did some pretty stupid stuff. Yeah, but aren't they New Zealanders? I have no idea. Oh. Um, I know like the the Dudesons or something like that. Dudesons, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember where they were from, but yeah, I don't know. That always just even that <laughs> bothered me. Like I think if I was a kid and I was sitting in an area. And the bushwhackers try to lick my head. I don't. I wouldn't like it very much. I wouldn't be like pumped about it. I, Bret Hart, give me your sunglasses. Hell yeah. Bushwhackers do not lick my face. Do not lick my head. That's just weird. Even the thought of that, like I, even as a grown person, I am <laughs> appalled by it. He's thought about this a lot, people. Oh, man, this is. Uh, <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Uh, so. Anyways. So we come down to Sergeant Slaughter and the last four people. Slaughter starts handling it, right? So he eliminates 
Volkov first, which was really surprising to me because he was the leader. He was the leader, yeah. Um, then Bushwhackers went five and six. So then, again, it's this weird combination where you leave a Tito Santana, who is a mid-carder. I like Tito Santana. There. I, I did, too. I, I think he, he's he got uh, his flying forearm was really, really great. I mean, mm-hmm. he that was a smooth – that was a smooth uh, move. <laughs> yeah, I remember saying, yeah, that was that was a good move. I think that was one. That I think, if I'm not mistaken, that was one move. I said, we're like, that was nice. That looked good. Um, and and Sergeant Slaughter. So Sergeant Slaughter, does the referee kind of get knocked on his ass or something he, like he that? Gets hit somehow, and he's like in the corner, but he's not down. He's just he's in the corner, kind of just sitting. And uh-huh. that's what that's what I was like in this whole next like. The segment, so I was like, dude, there's no way you're not seeing because this is all very well. It wasn't even him, there. but you also have the ringside ref, yeah, on the mat. But all the the inside ref was doing was like sitting in the corner and just looking down. Yeah. Um, and then General Adnan gets in the ring with the Iraqi flag, hits Santana, hits Santana who's down, and just kind of stabs him with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of walks around and then does it again. And it's like, but the referee is is right there. He's still standing up. He's just kind of he's sitting, sort of, but he's in a spot where he can still see things that are going on. Right. He has to do and, simply look up. Also, Shaman Man is on the floor yelling, "Don't hit him with that!" <laughs> right. So, and and I wrote that down. I was like, because I said, why was that not a DQ automatically? Yeah. Like. Yeah. He. Like the the ref on ringside needs to be calling it a DQ right. Yeah, because at that point, yeah, I was like, what what is the point in the floor referee? Why, why yeah. is he even here? Mm-hmm. Um, so then I'm getting like pissed off. Like I'm like, why is this not a DQ? And then at this point, because it, it would be a total WWF thing to do to have Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior fight Sergeant Slaughter and Rick Martel and Ted DiBiase mm-hmm. and Warlord and all these other guys. Yeah. So, but. But so what ends up happening, though, is the swerve because because it took a minute to get to it. That's why I say that. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, oh, why is he not being disqualified right now? What's going on? Because he puts he puts Santana in the camera uh, camel clutch and he thinks he wins through tap out through submission. The referee starts banging him on the back. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like just like. Arr! Yeah. And he gets up and he's trying to celebrate, and all of a sudden the commentator comes on us like, and the winner is Cito, Tito Santana by disqualification. So that eliminates the bad team and leaves Tito Santana as the victor for his team. Um, it got me. I said, "Oh snap!" I got had because I was I was really thinking to myself, "Man, they're gonna let him win on a on a DQ when he should be DQ'd." So it was kind of pissing me off. Um, Yes. So, um, so next comes a segment. <laughs> this this is the moment we've all been waiting for. Yeah, it's the moment everybody there, waits for. There everybody. has been a giant egg on the uh, sitting in the you know wherever off the stage. Nobody knows what's inside this giant egg. It could be nope. a dinosaur. It could be balloons. Which is totally different than the dinosaur, <laughs> but <laughs> Gorilla Monsoon doing the best he can. <laughs> our what was our? I guess it was Mean Gene. Yeah. Um, they so so they kick it over to Mean Gene and it's, what is in this egg? It's time. It's time to to. He puts zero. Oh, it's it's hatching. 
is hatching, starts to crack a little bit, which at this point, Mean Gene becomes the greatest actor of all times. For, for him to, to really try to sell this thing, whatever was going on, because he had to know, he had to have an idea what was going what was going to happen. But he was really selling it. Man, I, I thought I wrote that. I thought I wrote that down right here. Mean Gene handled it so well mm -hmm. because. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just going to say because the egg hatches. Egg hatches. Everybody's in anticipation at this point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what do we get? The gobbledygooker. <laughs> Who would become future 24-7 champion? <laughs> Who was it? At that time, uh, no. Well, in this in this moment, it was played by um, a, a Guerrero, I think. Okay, because I do have to. I do have to admit, Gobbledygooker had some damn moves. And well, it was supposed to be way more than that. Like I think they were going to try and use. They were obviously ripping off the uh, the San Diego Chicken. Right. Um, they were trying to do a have a uh, a little mascot to you know have fun with or, or whatever that was supposed to be in the vein of the San Diego Chicken. Um, and this guy, he was supposed to go in. I think he was supposed to do a moonsault. He was supposed to go in and like may even wrestle every now and again, but they, he never tried on the costume. He never did. So they didn't know how it was going to play out until it was right there. And they realized he can't see, he can barely move. All he can do. He did the He roles. can do some roles. He can do some roles. He can dance. So he kind of just played it by ear, but instead of cutting it, they just kept going on and on. But <laughs> <laughs> my favorite way too long some of my favorite parts in this though first of all closed captioning when when he finally unveils it's the gobbledygooker um the, the closed captioning says crowd cheering that's not what no. they were doing <laughs> i put I, this the booze fans are confused and I wrote Sergeant Slaughter just cut a scathing anti-American promo that did not piss off the crowd like the gobbledygooker did. <laughs> no, it didn't. It was so, it, this was, you could see the disdain in some people. And so, so they start off around the head, the egg and Mean Gene's acting like he could understand him. Mm -hmm. And, Gene's playing along. He's doing such a good job. But even you can see it in Gene's face like this is the most fucking ridiculous thing yeah, I've ever had to do. I think at that time he was like willing to play along. As the years went on, I think he got to like to a point of like, all right, I mean Gene Oakley. I'm going to do what I want. Like I don't yeah. think had that happened 20 years later, I don't think he would have uh, gone through with that. No. Um Certain things I did enjoy about this. So kids were hitting him on his way down. Kids were trying to attack him. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying like, to There was him. one point where the gobbledygooker. Yeah, I, most of my notes revolve around the gobbledygooker. <laughs> yeah. There was one point where the, the gobbledygooker had to like, almost like he was about to backhand somebody. Because uh, they were like, they were he was getting, he was, they were attacking him. Um, Roddy Piper kept saying, he kept saying over and over again, the kids love him. Like, if you say it enough times, it might actually be true. It was never true. <laughs> it was never true. And 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 even at the end of the whole thing, they did kind of say, like, I think people are finally starting to warm up to them. Yeah. They didn't know what to think at first, but they're starting to warm up to it now. They, they would cut to a couple of people that were, like, okay, kind of uh, going with it. But for the most part, the Gobbledygooker no. was a big flop. If you look at the back, 
area behind them when they were in the ring doing the dances and doing the moves and they were doing the dance all thing and 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 all this stupid stuff that he had Mean Gene doing in the ring. Um, you could see that 18 to 49 demographic just like pissed. Mm-hmm. Like they were pissed. Well, again. The elder, the 20-something-year-old men, I was just like, they were as, just like, get the hell out of here. You know, as, you see them. As silly as it sounds to have Ric Flair or whatever, or even Undertaker. I, I mean, I, I guess they, they they were aware at that point that Undertaker had already debuted, but mm-hmm. as silly as it would sound to have Ric Flair debut in WWF out of an egg. This was 90s WWF. So it's not, it wouldn't be completely out of question. People come out and it's this goofy little mascot looking thing. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's dumb. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's dumb. dumb. The biggest swerve would have been that the, the real feathered uh, hero comes out in his robe and he just. Yeah. Oh, that would have made sense. That could have made some sense right there. Yeah. Yeah. And came out in his feathered robe and kind of and, and kicked gobbledygooker's ass real quick and then said, I'm here. You know, something like that. Um, it, it was, it was a, it was a miss at the time and now has become the running joke within the company. Like even Vince is probably sits back and thinks sometimes, Jesus Christ, what was I thinking? Yeah. You know. Well, you can't. Or what were my writers thinking? You can't, this was a good idea. You can't talk about all the bad things WCW did and, and, and you know, sweep this under the rug because <laughs> no. this is one of the worst things ever. Now, but, Bobby Google has been back. He was actually in a Royal Rumble, I think. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He was the, yeah. uh, he, he'd be. Came, uh, he was in uh, the uh, whatever it is, the uh, Didn't he the gimmick, gimmick Royal Rumble, and then he did become briefly 24 7 champion. And also, yeah, that's true. And also, uh, didn't he induct that Cole character into the Hall of Fame now? I hope not. I don't know, but I hope not. <laughs> I, hope not. I know there's like a Gooker Award thing that sounds slightly racist, but um. <laughs> It really but, does. That's but yeah, terrible. But no, you want to know the saddest part to me about this okay. whole situation? What's that? Mean Gene is dead. Yeah. Gobbledygooker is the only survivor. <laughs> that whole situation. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'd be curious to know which uh, Guerrero it was. It was like a George Guerrero or something. Like that. It wasn't. It wasn't like Chavo it wasn't or like, anything? No, because Chavo was like, would have been 12 at the time. Oh, really? Yeah, Chavo yeah he would have been young. I mean, I mean he's probably older, a little older than that, but he would have been young. Eddie um, Eddie was young too, but I think yeah. he was already wrestling. Eddie Senior, it, but it it was I mean I'm fairly certain it was a Guerrero. Okay, but it was like a George Guerrero or something. In his defense, it had some good moves. I mean, because and, and in all honesty, he moved fluid mm-hmm. in the ring, so you could tell the guy was very talented. Whoever mm-hmm. was in the costume, of, yeah. of doing wrestling moves and stuff like that, yeah. And poor, you know, Mean Gene did the best he could. He played it all so well and. You know, that's gone down in infamy as one of the worst things <sighs> ever. The gooker. The gooker, yeah. All right. And now we reach the final match, which is this- the main event. These teams don't even have team names. I just call it heels versus faces because that's because that's what that's the way things worked back then, you know? Yeah. You had your heels and you had your faces. So, Hill's team included all remaining 
members who survived the, their matches mm-hmm. and the faces was comprised of all the faces who survived their survivor series. This was weighed heavily into the Hills favor since they had, um, one, two, three, four, five members on their team. And the faces only had two, three, three, sorry, three. Um, so for the Hills, it was power and glory. Rick Martell, Ted DiBiase, and Wardlow. Wardlow. <laughs> Warlord. Sorry, I watch a lot of AEW. <laughs> um, and the faces are Tito Santana, Ultimate Warrior, and Hulk Hogan. So when you in the grand scheme of things, and you know how the way the business works nowadays, it's kind of all makes sense. You got Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior in a main event. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the heels part really kind of gets me though because still some of it's weird like power and glory Rick Martell was very famous at this time nobody hardly remembers Warlord and of course Ted DiBiase is a legend power and glory had a great finishing move I think they could have been they better uh, I think I I think they, they should have gotten more than they actually got um, yeah Rick Martell but then I don't think Vince cared for tag teams even back then, though. Uh, no, um, I, I will say I don't have a lot on the the for the, on the um, promos beforehand. But again, man, the closed caption people for Ultimate Warrior on oh, point, but for nobody else, because <laughs> like they who all cares? It's like they all it's woke Warrior. up. It's like they heard. <laughs> And it woke them all up. And like, oh, Warriors talking again. And then his type and paying attention. And then other than that, like, no. Oh, they sure. did run two both promos this time, right? They mm-hmm. ran a promo for uh, – that's right. That's right. Because mm-hmm. I did – Santana had some fire behind him. Because they had – I mean, I guess they were giving Santana time time to, like, rest because he was in that last match. Yeah. Um. So then you had this 15-minute gobbledygooker thing and then mm-hmm. a couple of promos. Yep. Uh. Yeah. And, you know, and – so finally, I finally I called on that. This was the point in the match where I text you. And it's like, hey, can you can you write down who beat who in what match? And, and the thing he's like, no. <laughs> he said, no. I catch I catch after the team names and the members. So I was like, okay. Yeah. So this time I kind of kept up with who um, pinned who, but then I actually lost track and just said, F it. You want it? Go look at it yourself. Yeah. Um, but I did get you the order, so. In this match, uh, Warlord is the first to be pinned quickly by Tito yes. Santana with a, just a yeah with just a flying elbow. Why why didn't you hit more people with flying elbows? If you can pin the Warlord in like fifteen seconds with one flying elbow, why don't you just hit everybody with a flying elbow and just win everything? Mm-hmm. But we're talking about wrestling, so yeah. Um, Shame that MMA man. So next, obviously, well, I, I say it was going to be obvious, but I guess it is kind of obvious. They really kind of, you know, they waited for the last few to happen here. Um, so Santana is eliminated second. And um, and then one of the members of Power and Glory is eliminated. Paul Roma. Paul Roma? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because uh, Hercules lasted a pretty good... I think he lasted until the end with Ted. Yeah. Because um, there was... Because, well, obviously, because I, I got it down, Martel 
Martell gets eliminated next, and then he, the other because it was one of those things where he just left. Martell just left. He didn't get pinned or anything like that. He just he left. He walked out. That's um, right, because he walked out on Ted DiBiase. Yeah, because Ted DiBiase was was mad. Um, I would say this too about the match. It rarely did it happen that I can recall. Hulk Hogan took a lot of punishment in this. Mm-hmm. He got he got a pretty good little beatdown. It it was the it was the typical type of Cena thing that happens. Yeah, you know Cena. Well, Cena, yeah. I mean, now he because I guess Power and Glory was still was still there the, together when this happened, but they hit their finishing move on Hulk Hogan, and he completely no sold it. He just got right back up. I don't even know that. Yeah, he just got right back up. Um, they did he do the whole count? Like yeah, getting, I don't getting remember Hogan he, pump. I don't know shit. that he did the Hulk up thing at he that did, point. He did it. He did it at some point. I think it was against Ted or yeah. Ted or somebody though. Yeah, or maybe yeah. he started. That's when he started. Everybody started getting eliminated. He hulked up and he eliminated Roma, and then Rick Martel. He started beating down Rick Martel. Rick Martel left, mm-hmm. and it comes down to just DiBiase and Hercules, and Hogan and Warrior, and yeah. Somebody, and I was on the Hill team, and I can't remember who because I did not put their name on it, but somebody did a terrible splash on the Hulk Hogan that looked so terrible. And I want to say it might have been one of the Power and Glory guys. I bet you it was Hercules or Martel. I think it may have been him because Hercules was the power guy. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I don't know that he did anything from – there was off the top rope. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that it was. Yeah, it may have been Roma then. Yeah, um, and then Martell did some sort of weird ass clothesline that just looked ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of botches. <laughs> a lot of botches. A lot of botches in this match. And then, of course, like Keith mentioned, you know, the heel turned on heels, which was Martell just leaving. Of course, he did the same thing in his other match too, when because he got chased out of the ring by Damian when Jake had him. And that was what got the rest of the team eliminated in that match because so so what happened? Somebody so the team stayed complete. Oh yeah, that's right, because Warlord was in the ring legally. Mm-hmm. He rips out Damien to freak everybody out, but then he chases Martell out. Sort of back, yeah. Which, since he wasn't the technical, he technically wasn't the guy in the ring. He never got disqualified. Yeah. But since Jake was the last member and he just wanted vengeance on Martell. Yep. Then yep. that's why they lost. Yeah. Because of his vengeance. Um, Sometimes it'd be like that. It it do it do and and by the time it ended up. Coming out, so it was sort of towards the end. It was, I guess, it was two on two after Martel because it was Hercules and Ted DiBiase versus Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. And this is where really where I thought Macho King was going to come out and take out Ultimate Warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it would just become uh, the Hulk Hogan show because it was always just the Hulk Hogan show, whether he was champion or not. It was always the Hulk Hogan show. Um, uh, but uh, surprisingly, eh, nothing, no, uh, they not- just. Hogan and Warrior just won. <laughs> yeah, they won. Um, Hercules was the next one to get pinned, leaving Ted alone with Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. And, of course, none of those guys get pinned by Ted DiBiase. No. So, Ted DiBiase ends up getting pinned, and the good guys win in the end. Yeah, and you can – so they can leave with Hulk Hogan, and um, it was such a weird – it was so weird because – Hulk, Ultimate Warrior starts swinging his belt around and 
like doing an Ultimate Warrior thing. And then he like goes over to the rope and like holds it open for Hulk Hogan. And then Hulk Hogan's like, no, 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 no. And then come back in. And they they kind of just stare at each other for a minute and then I guess or something. And then Hulk Hogan goes over to the ropes and holds the ropes open for Ultimate Warrior to get out. And then Ultimate Warrior starts to get out and then he stops and and holds the ropes so Hulk Hogan can get out. And it was stupid. It was just so <laughs> stupid. And and then they like kind of cuts of Hogan and Ultimate Warrior holding hands <laughs> and just and being that's Survivor Series 1990, folks. Yep. That was it. And that's what it was. Um all in all, this is a very memorable Survivor Series. And it was good. It wasn't uh, it, memorable is a strong word. Fun. Yes. Well, it's mainly well, memorable because it. of, it's it's memorable <laughs> for probably one Gobbledygooker. of the bad gobbledygooker. It's remembered as it being infamously remembered, but then famously remembered as Undertaker's pretty much world premiere, I guess, to the wrestling world. So and it wasn't really it wasn't really even his best match, but you could see what was going to come from this point, you know. At that point he he had been, I mean, like I think it was Hulk Hogan was instrumental in getting him signed because he was in that movie. He was in like Tooth Fairy or something with no, uh, Suburban Commando. Suburban Commando with Hulk he played Hogan. the uh, one of the eighty uh, the alien uh, bounty hunters that yeah. were after him. Yeah, because he gets one line and it's not even him saying it. But no, you're a dead man, Ramsey. <laughs> he says that's what you guys sound like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that is Survivor Series 1990. Yeah. And 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 just like we we do theme things it's for you know uh Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving tradition. Thanksgiving tradition. Except for nowadays it's only held on Sundays. They never do it on Thanksgiving anymore. No. They don't. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. So it would have been on Thanksgiving, it would have been on Thursday. Mhm. That's yeah, okay. I was yeah. wondering why the next like the main event thing was going to be the next night. Which was Friday. Which would be Friday, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Different times, man. All right, All folks. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Brain Pop Podcast. You can follow us on... At Brain Pop Podcast on Instagram. That's right. You can definitely do that. If you need to um, send us messages, if you have any ideas, uh, we'd love to do them. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, um, let us know. We'll be happy to entertain them and then ignore them. Not that bad. (laughs) (laughs) We'll probably ignore them. Uh, That's all I've got. Have a good night. Until next week. Your brain has been popped. Do you think that'll work?